Welcome to the weekend wrap up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. Let's start with a little chaplain chat, talking about revival. Uh, all right, so we've got a question for you, chaplain. So there's a lot of conversation about um, the word revival, mm-hmm. outpouring. There's a lot of headlines about you know what's been going on at places like Asbury that's mm-hmm. been in the headlines yeah. and other places. There's a movie coming out this weekend, Jesus Revolution, that's mm-hmm. all about some events that took place in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and really, there's this kind of like throughout history, there are these moments where it seems like kind of God does this like hard to explain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you do with that? If we're sitting here in Northwest Arkansas on a Wednesday morning and you're just like, what do I, how do I think about that? What do I do with that? Yeah, I think one thing that might be helpful is to to just discern, like a book that comes to mind is A God-Sized Vision. It's by Colin Hansen and John Woodbridge. Uh, great history of revivals, some common threads in each one of them, some good biblical theology for to help discern. And so I think having some kind of discernment tools would be good. Just what is, what isn't, yeah. uh, what are the common factors that we can lean into? And then I, I guess it would be to desire revival, <laughs> Desire God to move, um, pray for God to move. That's one of the first elements of any revival, according to this this book, is prayer. And typically it's a quiet prayer um, movement before the next, say, mm-hmm. phase or whatever it looks like in action beyond that. And so we, we can all pray and desire that. And then uh, also I think uh, we don't want to demean our ordinary, <laughs> everyday Christian life of faithfulness, loving yeah. God, loving others, making disciples. Because um, that's also quiet, too. Um, and it's something that God honors as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's so interesting about just the prayer aspect. And and I would need to research this more. But I heard that in Asbury, like they've been praying for mm-hmm. years yep. for a revival, mm-hmm. like having these regular meetings for years. Mm-hmm. And, and then here God has shown up, but, um, what do you personally think about Asbury? I'm just curious. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I'm open. Uh, I think even the, you know, Colin Hansen and John Woodbridge, what I appreciate about them is they're very discerning, uh, and careful about calling different things revival. And I, I appreciate that, but they're very open and prayerful about it. And that's probably where, where I sit is, um, I want to be open uh, to it, uh, discerning, prayerful, desiring it uh, myself, hoping the best for what God is doing there. And uh, also probably praying for protection, I would say. Um, even some of the, the some of the greatest revivals, say one of the, the great awakenings, uh, near the end of it took a turn uh, for the worse. And that mm-hmm. sometimes happens in revival, too. Yeah. So just for protection, too. Yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, we were talking prayer, and it made me think about um, how important that is, even when you think of it in our own lives, where whether it's asking God to move in this like incredible way on a college campus, mm-hmm. for praying for that for years, 
or asking God to move in some really powerful way in something in our own lives. Maybe mm-hmm. it's God do this thing in a relationship that I need you to move into or these circumstances that need your intervention mm-hmm. and that it's just a good reminder that the precursor to that is often just to be faithful, to be like day in and day out. God, I'm here. I'm asking because that's mm-hmm. all I know to do. Yeah. It's also so healthy um, to lift our eyes above ourselves and our own circumstances to God, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For that to be forming and shaping our prayers, even in the midst of our individual ordinary lives, but to desire that kind of uh, movement and come to fruition, yeah. uh, I think is a beautiful and healthy thing spiritually. Mm, it's really, really good. Isn't it amazing what can happen when we listen to God's voice, when he calls us to him? It makes me wonder, how can I listen to God better? And would I be willing to do what he asks of me? Here's a positive difference story that deals with that question. People hearing God tell them to feed those at Asbury. Check it out. So, you know, Mark, all this talk about um, Asbury University in Kentucky. Yeah, where those students just stayed after chapel. And then what is it now? Like weeks later, they've just been going nonstop. Yeah. People coming in from all over the world. Yeah. And I was reading a, just about a few accounts about that, just how neat it is. And Sarah Baldwin, she's the VP of student development. She was just talking about how the Holy Spirit just filled that auditorium and, and so many people from age 93 to two weeks old, even college students, uh, people in wheelchairs, elderly, babies in strollers, just pretty Beautiful. much everybody. And, and all hours of yeah. the day and night, this is going on. And, and with that, obviously, um, people need to eat, mm-hmm. right? Get hungry. Yeah. And so what's been really cool too, is people have shown up with like food arriving unrequested day in and day out. Uh, this beautiful table with flowers, with scripture laid everywhere, piled high with healthy snacks, homemade baked potato soup. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. There's a one of the grandmas in the area made um, all of these cakes called hummingbird cakes. Cool. There's homemade cheese balls. Nice. Vegetable platters, mountains of Chick-fil-A, protein bars, protein drinks. One guy shows up with a food truck and doesn't want money from anyone. There's thousands of people. Oh, yeah, like, talk about an opportunity like, where you could like literally profit from it. Because there was like 10,000 people on a weekend. Yes. Life. He just said, this is what he said. He said, God told me to cook for God's people for free. So here I am. That's amazing. Thousands of people he's feeding. Um, one student felt called to create and staff a coffee station for the last seven days. She took it on herself. She ran out of cups and prayed for more cups, and she got more and cups. cups showed up. That's amazing. Yeah. So somebody had, this is a, another one, constant updates on pizzas constantly arriving. Um, they have this endless supply of pizzas, and no one knows where they're coming from. There's an anonymous person is making sure. Just sending sure, more and more pizzas. Yes. That's amazing. Anyway, just, you know, it's just another testimony of yeah. God provides. They are literally there worshiping in this humble way. They don't want attention. Right. It, like news crews have tried to go in. They're like, hey, we really don't want to take away from what's happening yeah. here. Can we just worship God? They, they don't even have any like major, you know, music, concerts, and, yeah. anything like that. They are just 
singing. There's no lyrics on the screen, nothing. They're just worshiping God and, and then... God's taking care of his people by feeding them. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty neat. That's really, really cool. Absolutely incredible. And that's exactly what God is. Incredible and miraculous. And what an opportunity for so many people to come at the Lord's feet at Asbury and worship him. And there are so many ways to come to the Father. Even just listening to music can move us towards him. And we are so excited for Stephen Curtis Chapman to be coming to the Northwest Arkansas area. Here he is on the phone with Mark and Christy. Well, we are so excited that you're going to be coming to our neck of the woods for a concert. We, uh, we want to definitely talk about that. Love to talk about some of these new songs, too. But um, first of all, let's get to the really important stuff. Your family. I know that's yeah. what means so much to you um one i read online i think is it true next year's your 40th wedding anniversary okay you're very close we'll be 39 39 okay so almost 40 so so it's really okay we're we're, uh we're very close that's right yeah okay well i guess technically no you know what technically you're right next year (laughs) so 80 i gotta do the math see because next anniversary is is thirty nine, but then next year, uh, nineteen or, or uh, twenty twenty. What year is it? Yeah, this sounds like me trying to we'll figure out my wedding anniversary every year. Yes, <laughs> you guys have been so married a long time. Year, all that to say, in a really long way, uh, you're right. It is next year, twenty twenty four, and I will have my fortieth wedding anniversary because right. I married my wife when I was ten. So we got married again, so we don't remember. Yes. What's what's one secret? One secret to a forty year marriage. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm getting ready after my interview this morning to make go make coffee for my lovely bride. No. And uh that is one first secret is make the best coffee you can make. I prefer we we she loves French press, so I'll make a French press coffee uh nice. every morning that I'm I'm home at least. But you know what we we honestly say this, and we're we're being very sincere when we say it. We can tell you all the things to not do, the the mistakes to not make, because we feel like we've made every mistake possible in our almost forty years now. But there's an amazing reality of scripture that we go to over and over again, and it just says. Bear with one another in love. Love, mm. you know, love hopes all things, love believes all things, love bears all things. You know, we're going to disappoint and, and miss each other and all of that. And we do as much as anybody still. I mean, we're still figuring it out. But just, you know, with that love that says, you know what, I am I, I am so thankful uh, to be in this on this journey with you today. The good days, the bad days, the mm. hard ones, the beautiful ones, um, and and man, there's there's something, there's just a great, great blessing in that, you know, a great yeah. reward in that for this many years together, and and you know, to still be able to just have this, uh, you know, have this be on this journey, and uh, and and we're we're so thankful and grateful. Just because Valentine's Day is over doesn't mean love or romance is gone. I think we should always be making an effort to love people, and especially our partners. 
I've only been married for a few months, but already it has taught me a lot about life, what it means to love, and how marriage does reflect the relationship we have with Christ. It's not easy, but it is beautiful. Speaking of marriage, here's Robert with some advice. There's always more you can learn when it comes to making your marriage even better. Hey, I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I was reading from author, pastor, and relationship coach Dave Willis. He shares that great marriages don't happen by luck or by accident. They are the result of a consistent investment of time, thoughtfulness, forgiveness, affection, prayer, mutual respect, and a rock-solid commitment between a husband and a wife. Amen to that. Loving one's spouse is not easy, but it's a choice we have to make, an action we have to do, despite how frustrated we are or annoyed. But it's a lesson that stretches to how we love our kids, our friends, our neighbors, love them better too. Good stuff. Here's some more from Robert. 90.9 KLRC. My name's Robert, and I love watching the behind the scenes of all the movies that I own. That's my thing. I'm one of the few people that probably still buys movies on Blu-ray or DVD. And so in a lot of the action movies, they'll show the actor. They'll say, listen, we're going to do this stunt. It's kind of dangerous, but we need you to stand on your mark right here. Do not move, because if you do, things could go wrong. But if you stand right here, you'll be safe. And a guy thinking about when we are standing in the center of God's love. That is the perfect and safest place for us to be. Trusting God does kind of sound like doing an action stunt. Having to trust something even though you can't exactly see it, you just know you gotta. And God works in pretty crazy ways, right? And sometimes all he needs us to do is show up and he does the rest. Here's a story from Isaac. Just show up. If there's anything you learn from my shows today, just show up. That's what Susan Bennett did when she was working at a recording studio in Atlanta in 2005. She had gotten into voiceover by accident. She said, I used to sing jingles for commercials, and I worked at a few studios out of Atlanta. But one morning, a voice actor didn't show up for a commercial. My producer told me, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and record this copy. She said, well, it went well, and I got a voice coach, and that was the beginning of all of it. I got this gig where I recorded from home for four hours a day, five days a week, the entire month of July. And then the realization came six years later. A fellow voice actor emailed her saying, Hey, I'm playing around with a new iPhone. Is this you? Susan said, I had no idea what they were talking about. Turns out Susan had been contracted to provide the original voice for Siri on your phone. And she got the gig because someone that day in Atlanta had not shown up for work. And you have to ask yourself, I wonder what was so important that they didn't show up that day. <laughs> Just show up. That is some pretty comforting inspiration right there. I am an exhausted workaholic who is always going everywhere all the time, working too many jobs, too much on my plate. Yeah, I, I know it's a problem. It's good to know that sometimes all God asks of me is to just show up and let him open the doors and make things possible. I don't need to do everything, and neither do you. Speaking of needing rest and relaxation, Isaac shares an interesting cruise option. It's nice to get away sometimes. And sometimes you, of course, want a little bit of extra time on your vacation. But how about this? Being gone for two and a half 
years. That's what Victoria Cruises is offering, a 27-month-long journey spanning 200 different locations, 540 days, two ships, and they said they'll operate as houseboats when they launch from Florida. 27 months at sea and seeing the world uh, feels kind of cool, but you might be paying pretty hefty for that. For an ocean view room, it's going to be $11,000 per month for two people. You know, while I was getting ready for the show and reading this article, before I reached the price point, I was like, you know what? I could take the show out on the ocean. Maybe you could hear the big boat horn in the background, the relaxing waves as you listen to me play music. But that price tag, thats uh, I don't know that I can afford that. Maybe they'll be generous and let me bring in some friends and family and squeeze into that room and maybe share the expenses a little bit. If I can get 10 people in a two-person room and we all are making way more money than we make now, maybe then. I went on a cruise a few years back, way before COVID, and I absolutely loved it. I don't know what they're like now and how much they've changed or what, but I would totally do it again. So relaxing. But for two and a half years, me being a workaholic would probably go crazy, so I don't think that'll work for me. Up next is Anson and Kara from The Drive Home. Anson, we've talked many times before on the show about how kids say hilarious and ridiculous things all day, every day. True. And you have three of them. Yep. So you're probably pretty used to this. <laughs> Can't confirm. <laughs> I'm not around it as much. And so it still kind of cracks me up when I hear it. E even if you are around it, I'm sure it cracks you up. It but does. my uh, nieces and nephews once in a while will text me. Ooh. And it's always very entertaining. But I, I think I got one of the best ones last night okay. from Zane. All right. He is my youngest nephew. He's about nine years old. Okay. And he just sent this random text. Okay. Out of the blue? Out of the blue. And it goes something like this. Hi, Aunt Kara. Are you here or with Uncle Cody watching a movie? Because if you are, I am excited. I just wanted to talk to you before I go and watch a movie and eat some. I don't know, but if you're going to answer back, I really, really want to see you someday with Uncle <laughs> Cody because I don't remember seeing your guys' faces in a while. <laughs> How old are you? Probably like 26 or something. I don't know, but this is at least the best I can do. So I hope you can see me someday wow. that I will be there. So yeah, I'm going to send some emojis if you don't mind. <laughs> oh. And you got some emojis. I got I some emojis. I got some smiley faces and hearts and the cool sunglasses and then some fist bumps, I think. Wow. Woo! That is quite the text Stream message. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> I love it. I was cracking me up. Hearing this story reminded me of when my younger sister would text me. Things like, when are you coming home? And it's late. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then I moved out. We both got older. And she started sending me more sweet, loving text messages. For context's sake, my sister has autism, and being loving or sweet is not exactly her thing, so her messaging me was how I started to see that she didn't hate me, she did care for me, and that was, you know, really special. So yeah, texts can make a difference sometimes, and in Kara's case, lots of smiles and love and emojis. And God fiercely loves us. Here's what Anson said about that. There are a lot of words that one could use to describe the love of God. Mm. Perfect, infinite, unconditional. That's just a few off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah. But it's understandable that there's a lot because it's hard to sum up God's love in mm, just a few words. It's true. But there's a facet of God's love that author Lisa Bevere wants us to take a closer look at. And I thought this was interesting because it's not one I would probably think of. Uh-huh. The fierce love of God. Oh, interesting. Lisa says, I think when most people think about the word fierce, 
they think about feeling fiercely judged. Oh, yeah. And some of us have a tendency to think that God is always thinking thoughts of disappointment or judgment about us. Mm. But what God is doing, Lisa says, is making us whole again. Hmm. And he isn't shaming us into a place of wholeness. He isn't judging us into a place of wholeness. He's loving us into a place of wholeness. Mm. And that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for our actions sometimes. Sure. That's part of being loved. Yeah. Fierce love is about God going after some of the negative stuff in our lives, Mm. like fear and shame, Uh and making us into his image, who he created us to be. Really powerful reminder right there that God fiercely loves us and his boldness after our hearts is not a bad thing. In fact, it gets me a little bit emotional to know how God deeply loves us and wants the best for us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.